and welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is no more espresso. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who supported the company so far. If you haven't got a chance, go check us out on the web at murdycreative.co. That's M-U-R-D-Y creative.co. Or you can check us out on all social medias at, mur- at murdycreative.co. In an attempt to make my opening shorter, I've changed it a little bit. Also, go check us out on Discord. Our server link is in the top of the description below. All right, we're back. We're back after a very long hiatus, much, much longer than I had originally anticipated. And to be completely honest, just to tell the truth, I got to the new year. We got into January, beginning of January. And I'm like, I don't think anybody really watches the podcast. The viewership has never been that large. So it's, it'd be okay if I didn't do it. It was probably not that big of a deal. And then there was a lot of requests and a lot of people who asked, when's the podcast coming back? And so thank you to all of you who showed support. It was very encouraging to me. And it was an important part of what we decided to do to bring it back. You may notice that there's a slight change to the set. That was a wonderful Christmas gift by my team. Um, and it's funny because the portrait has, the, the portrait without the laser beam eyes has been in the background of almost all of my podcasts historically up until the new studio. So uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, it'll make sense. And for everyone else, it won't. So no more espresso. I guess I should go back further. How did Christmas go? How did Christmas turn out? That's a great topic. I'll do that more fully probably for the next podcast. For the next, for the time being, we're probably going to be doing one podcast a week. It's going to be released on Thursdays, and uh, I'll probably go back to the two-podcast schedule a week at some point, but for the moment, it's going to be one podcast just because of the busy first quarter we got ahead of us. So I will go next week into a much greater detail, I, I think next week, about the Christmas season and what it entailed. But to recap in short, Christmas started off with a whole landslide of changes. And those changes brought along a lot of hectic energy, to say the least. I think we really jumped both feet in to a a process and to uh, product changes that I originally had been very excited about and very quickly realized that they probably were not quite the right decision. And uh, I revised them a little bit as time went on. But... There was a lot of good things that came out of Christmas. The price increase was a very important part of our success this year. In 2021, the company had a very serious loss. We definitely did not make money that year, and we pulled out a lot of money in debt to cover the company. And I, at the time, had believed, and I still believe, and this year, last year, was an important part of, of reaffirming that belief, but I believe that the company could be profitable. The price increase that happened at the beginning of November last year was a critical component of the fact that 2022, we basically broke even. Now, we were, I think we were negative less than half a percent. And we were within half a percent of the same sales number as we had done the prior year. Now, for those of you keeping track of inflation, you'll acknowledge that even if we had done the exact same numbers as what we had done in 2021, 2022 had a seven plus percent inflation number. So we should have been doing 7% more in sales to be in the same spot. And that's inflation for you. But that being said, being almost profitable, being about profitable, being break even ish was a good place for us to be. And I was happy to be there. And I think that that bodes well for our targets this year, which is to actually be profitable. And that brings along a whole bunch of changes to the techniques and the tactics that we've been taking from a marketing and staffing and equipment standpoint and a lot of other things along those lines. And it's going to be great fodder for future podcasts where I'll go into detail about the changes to our strategic plan that we've been making, as well as the internal changes to the company. But one of those things that is uh, 
has been a change that has been about six months in the making, actually. It's been a long process, and it's been really hard for me to keep my mouth shut about it because I've really wanted to talk about it because it's a really cool thing, and it's been a really cool thing to evolve over time. But we have changed our leather supplier. We've changed our tannery. We used the same tannery for the first three years of the company, four years of the company, and we'd loved working with them for a long time. Initially, they had not been, in my opinion, the most scientifically advanced of the options available to us. Uh, Milwaukee has a number of tanneries, but they were, in my opinion, kind of the best. They were very good suppliers. They were very good and forgiving on financial terms when we needed to get a little bit of extra time. They were very good working with us, and there was a lot of good things that came out of that. And I was very happy with the leather that they provided. And then COVID hit. And I don't know if it was because they did not do a good job managing their suppliers or if it was that they didn't do a very good job managing their costs or if they saw a significant spike somewhere in the process, but they had increased the price on us every time we ordered. It went up and up and up and up and up. And the quality that was coming out of it was not as consistent as I was expecting, as I wanted it to be. And we had had a lot higher waste out of the product and out of the tannery um, than we had wanted. And really, it was not good for the numbers. It was not good for our cost structure. It was a problem to have the quality be something that was, you know, we'd get a a mill of 2,000 square feet, and we'd have to throw out half of it or more in some ways because of some elements of it that were not good. Um, I mean, we normally have a scrap amount because cows don't grow in perfect perfect finishes, but um, we'd have a lot of waste, and it was a real problem. And because the cost had been going up and up and up, It provided me with an opportunity to say, look, when we had originally quoted out pricing for different leathers and different square feet, a lot of the other tanneries in the area had come out higher and more expensive in their cost, but they had a more scientific process. And so let's go back and get a new quote from them, see where they're at. Now that the price that we're paying at our old tannery is as much or more than we would have gotten from any of their competitors. And so we went to a competitor. And I like this competitor. I've actually always liked this competitor. I've had a lot of respect for the person who owns this tannery, and I I like him as a person. I think he's a great businessman, and he's young, and he's like me, and he's he's a very smart guy. He's very savvy in his his business expansion plans, and um, he's done a really good job purchasing the most up-to-date, advanced equipment. And because of that, he's been able to ensure the leather that, that we were getting and the leather that we are getting has a consistency to it that is precise. One example is they have a color spectrometer that they use or something like that. Um, Some method of, it's a machine that's designed specifically for fabrics and leathers where you can put it in and it hits it with a specific pattern of light and it generates a report of exactly how much blues and greens and reds and all of the other things are in that piece of leather. And so as part of their quality control process, they sample, I think it's something like 10 hides out of the whole mill, and they have to be within a certain tolerance of the standard that we have set. And if it's outside that standard, they don't give it to us. They go back and fix it, or they go back and make a new mill altogether. And so that level, that commitment to consistency has been really encouraging, and the methods and the machines that they use to manufacture the leather are newer. They're just newer in the way that they do it. And the machines that they're using are more precise in the application of the finishes and the waxes and the coatings, which makes the surface better. And it also allows for, uh, for us to get, you know, 
as good or a better pricing, in most cases, a strong pricing result. Now, it's more expensive than I would like it. It's way more expensive than it used to be in the world of leather, but it's still, you know, solid pricing, and I'm happy with that. One of the things that I've been very excited about is that opportunity to switch tanneries has presented us with a new opportunity to say, look, we couldn't do things with our old tannery from a finish perspective, the way that the leather was finished to the levels that we wanted. But now that we're going to a new tannery, let's look at making our leathers better, genuinely, across the board. And one of the things that we had decided to do was to say, I don't want the leather to just be water resistant and I don't want it to spot. I want the, water, water to, the leather to be truly waterproof to whatever the industry standard is. And so when we got our leather, the first samples of our leather done, before they added the wax coat to it, which is a new thing, I'll tell that about in a second, but before they even add the wax coat, just the crust itself passed 15,000 Maser flexes. Now, for those of you who are going, what does that mean? Don't worry, I needed to learn about it too. Maser flexing is a specific machine that's used that takes and cups a little piece of leather into a bowl. And then it dips the bowl in water so that there's water outside the bowl and no water inside the bowl. And then the machine flexes that, that little bowl shape and creates a little crease in it. And it flexes over and over and over and over to simulate, for example, it was designed for boots, to simulate leather being flexed in a puddle. So as if you were submerging your boot in water and then flexing it, how, long, how many of those maser flexes would it be able to pass? before it starts to fail, before water enters the little boat you've created. Our leather passed 15,000 Maser flexes, which means that it is waterproof to the military specification, which is the only people that actually have a specification for waterproofness. And as part of their standard, they just turn it off after 15,000 Maser flexes because it normally can go for a very, very long time. If it makes it to 15,000, it makes it much, much further normally. So our leather, our, our new leathers, we're all going to make that standard as a part of our standard. So it's truly waterproof as the crust. Then on top of that, they added a wax coating at my request. And I wanted a wax coating to make it so that if you spill your coffee on it, you can take a paper towel and you can wipe it off and it leaves no mark whatsoever, no residue. It doesn't even look like it got wet. And so we got a new color in and I wanted it to be a little darker, a little richer, a little more full in, uh, in its pigmentation. And those were the specifications that I put together. And they made me a new color that I love very much called Americano. That's what I called it. They just said, whatever you want to call it, it's yours because you, you came up with it. So the new color, and for those of you watching on YouTube, I'm showing it off. And for those of you listening on the podcast, um, it's just the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. So just go with that. Um, the new leather has this beautiful wax coating, makes it a little bit shiny when you look at it in a kind of an oblong way. When you look at it from the side, it has a little, it's not that matte surface, but the color is much richer, much, much, much brighter and darker. Um, and I know that that sounds contradictory, but it's, it's, and it might be in your vocabulary and might be in most people's vocabulary, but the bright, the, the color is a richer color, I should say. And the depth of the color is darker. So it's a, it's a darker color. That's more colorful than the washed out nature of the espresso. And part of that's just the wax coating brings out the color better. Um, now, if you're looking at YouTube, you'll also notice that there's some striations in this piece. One of the things that we also did is we said, we want to ensure that the leather is truly full, full grain. And so the leather previously that we had gotten was, we were told it was full grain and it was full grain by the most basic specifications, but this is even more full grain, if that makes sense. There's actually a, a further top layer to the leather that is normally taken off as part of the first process. And I said, I, I want to keep the leather as intact as humanly possible. 
And so that's what they did. They left the surface of the leather very, very, very much intact, which means that it's this, this, the grain is ex extraordinarily tight and it's very, very, very beautiful. And it actually retains most of the character of the piece of, of hide before it was even tanned. So it retains those beautiful fat wrinkles and fat lines. Now, in the old days when we had rugged, and you may have noticed that we don't have rugged anymore on our website, but I'll go back into that. In the old days when we had rugged as an option, part of that was because the parts of the hide that had the fat wrinkles in them didn't look, they didn't have the same surface characteristics as what we described as our um, premiere. The new hides, because they're truly full grain, full grain, not only do they not have very much of what we would normally describe as premiere in them, period, because that's just not how leather is without quite a bit of grain correction. But beyond that, the leather surface is wax coated now, so even the areas that might have more character to them have a smooth surface. So now we get great yields out of the hide, and we decided that we were going to get away from, do away with that distinction of premiere and rugged, and it was just going to be, quote, the leather. We had to upgrade all of our photography and redo all of our photography to reflect that change so that if you look at our Americano listings on the website, you'll see that the, the pictures have more character to them. They have more character in their pieces because they're beautiful and that's what we want. So that's a direction that we're going on purpose and I really like the way that they're coming out and they are very, very beautiful. I've been making some things all day in Americano and they are incredible. And it's a better leather. It engraves cleaner. It's got a far more precise engraving. Uh, it engraves with a, a darker hue. And I'm, I'm thrilled with the way that they're turning out. So the espresso is going away. It is, it is gone. It is historic. We're putting the espresso in the museum. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a wonderful leather for us. And it makes up a very large, it makes up the vast majority of what we sell from a color perspective. So this is a gamble. It is a gamble. And as a company, as a business owner, don't, don't think that I'm not a little bit nervous about that, right? The best seller product that we've got across the board is this color, and we're discontinuing it for a different one. So I'm nervous, but I wouldn't be willing to do this if I wasn't confident that the people who bought our espresso aren't going to like Americano more, because it is better and it's more beautiful. So I'm, I'm, I'm confident that those of you who have espresso out there, if you were to buy something in Americano, you'd go and you go, I do like this more. And I can say that I'm fairly confident that this will last even longer than our espresso, and our espresso is already going to last 120 years. So I think that this is going to be something that is going to be a great addition to the, to the line. I think it's going to be something that will be well, going to stick around for a long time, that's for sure, because it's perfect and I love it. But it represents for us a new step forward with this new tannery. We currently have our chestnut, and we currently have our slate, and we have our Bordeaux and our onyx color still available, and that's in the old style of the old leather. So if you like that, there's options available over time, potentially, in the next couple of months. We're hoping in the next couple of months. Those colors will one by one begin to drop out, and the new replacements will come in. So keep that in mind if you're looking forward to that, or uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're the person who says, you know what, I love the slate so much and I just want everything to match, well, now's the time to get it because it'll probably go away. And they're going to be replaced with, and I've got samples of them and the moment that I'm looking at, but I will, I will say that all of the colors that the ones are, that we currently have are going to be replaced with are going to be a darker, richer color. So a lot of that lighter color is going to disappear and we're going to have a darker, richer, fuller color. So if you like that lightness, now's the time to buy. And the things that are coming out soon are going to be exciting. All of this to say, 
that there is a new direction for us as a company in this and, and this opportunity that is presented to us is really a decision to say we are not willing to compromise on quality. And even though we've had this a good relationship with this tannery, if they can't meet the high bar that we set for our quality standards, then we need to go find someone who will, and we have. And we are not compromising on quality. So we are working on making leathers better and better and better. And I truly believe that we are getting to this point where it's, there's just, this is as good. I mean, this is as custom designed as it can possibly be for leather. We have controlled every part of this process and it is exciting to see what's coming out of this. And working with this new tannery has opened up opportunities for more uh, special edition things too. So I'm hoping that we'll bring on some new special edition things throughout the course of the year. Although those aren't quite ready for prime time just yet. So we'll get there. Like I said, I'll tell more about this Christmas season and the end of the year as time goes on. I'll talk more about the changes to our strategy and the strategic plan going forward. I've got a lot of new opportunities to talk about with new products that we're launching because we have new products that we're launching shortly. So pay attention to your emails. Um, but definitely check out the Americano for those of you who are sitting there thinking to yourself, man, I would love to get the new color. Check it out. Go get it today. Americano is available on the website for everything. Uh, if you happen to look and you don't see the pre-engraving of your desired in available in Americano, just um, reach out to us. There, we're transitioning everything on the website, and the pre-engravings have been the last step. Now, by the time this podcast is released, they should all be done. But, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men off go astray, so I can't promise that they will be. And if something you're looking for is, is unavailable, feel free to reach out to us. Along that same line, if you go and you look at the customizer, the customizer is going to say, right now, it's going to say, contact us across the board. The reason for that, simply put, is... Getting the new color, getting all of the photography done to put all of the new color in the customizer and have the customizer have all of the Americano options for you to customize, it's just taking a long time. There's just a lot of content that needs to be created. We have a long, we have a large product line at this point that we have to cover. So if an item is, if you want to get something customized with your logo right now and you, the customizer is not available, send us an email. Melinda will be happy to put together a mock-up for you as well as a custom order link and you'll be able to order through that. And she's normally responding to people within 24 hours or less. So we're happy to help make it happen and we want to help make that custom thing for you. So reach out to us by email if you'd like. In an effort to slim down the podcast itself, I'm also trying to shorten my ending here a little bit, but there's a lot to cover, so I'm trying to figure out how to do that. So if you've got suggestions about how to cut short my ending, uh, feel free to jump in. I'm just going to go over it real quick. Be sure to subscribe, get, hit that notification bell. If you have any questions about your product or you have any questions about the company in general, reach out to us on the website. We're happy to help. You can give us a phone call at 414-434-9001. You can also text that number as well, Monday through Friday, uh, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Central Time, 414-434-9001. A good review go a long way to help us. Go leave a review on our website. You can see there's a button there that says reviews. Go leave a review where it tells you to leave a review. It's going to be Google. We really appreciate that. That helps. Tell your friends and family about the, the, uh, the company. That really helps as well. Go check out the rewards program in the bottom left-hand corner of the website. There's a little circle there. If you have podcast topics you want to hear more about, send them my way. I am always happy to talk about whatever you guys are looking for. If you're looking for multiple items, binders, journals, anything we sell, we do have bulk discounts available. They are built directly into the website. All you need to do is add every item to your cart, mix and match to your heart's desire. It's just based off the total cart quantity and hit checkout. It'll automatically apply that bulk discount or reach out to us and we're happy to tell you more about it. Same thing goes for custom engraved items. We have no minimum order quantities and no setup fees. It's a simple flat fee, normally about $15 for an engraving. You can get just one. However, if you're going to get a whole bunch of them, the bulk discount also applies to the engraving cost. 
So it can be a lot cheaper than that for if you're going to get a whole bunch. So check that out. Reach out to us with any questions and concerns. We are happy to help. S-A-L-E-S at MurdyCreative.co. Sales at MurdyCreative.co. Or there's a contact us on the uh, main page of our website. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great day and goodbye.